What's up, nerds? And welcome to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite bad nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship three fat nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm your host, Rich. And joining me as they do each and every week are my compadres, my friends, my homies. First up, ladies and gentlemen, this man should have, he won the Bill Cosby Award for saving young ladies' lives this past weekend, ladies and gentlemen. It's Ron. What's happening? <laughs> and uh, over here, he's the majestic beast that does not need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction of all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the leader of the Minnows Gang, and he's your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one old jolly old bearded ginger feller who may or may not have a fucked up hip. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) it is Diesel. Don't forget that great customer service smile. I was going to say, customer service award of the year. As uh, you were customer service this past weekend right here at Dragon Master Games, were you not, Diesel? Oh, yeah, all weekend. I don't know if I'm cut out for retail. I don't don't know if I should start adding to my plugs later on when we talk about Dragon Masters. Come down to Dragon Master Games, 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. And sometimes you might even get to see Diesel behind the counter. You can t- tell him his hashtags for a prize. <laughs> yeah, I'd be careful what prize you give. But eh. oh, 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 one of those busy days, and one of my, our lovely fans comes in and wants to just be a smart Alec. Oh, oh that would suck. <laughs> you could get some minnow treats. <laughs> do it, do it. Oh, I'll spray some minnows. Uh, how is everybody's week this week? Uh, any D and D games for uh, either of you gentlemen? I'm sure Ron played. I had my Wednesday group. Um, it, you know, we're working on book nine, uh, I believe, of you know Dungeon in a Box. It's coming together. Um, it's we we had a lot of laughs actually, a little bit more than we probably should have because the the new guy didn't take the book home, so he was reading on the go. I go, hey. You're taking the the school of Ron of DMing. Wait until you're gaming to read what you need to. Um, but it got to keep it fresh, you know. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I say. But uh, you know, we're we're moving through. Like it's going through. We had we had a lot more laughs than uh, about uh, still like the fact that I, we don't know if we actually took the curse off the one character, so we still don't know if he can read a map or not. <laughs> Even though we had enough downtime where I could get remove curse and do it. <laughs> eh, sometimes you need a little bit of that ambigu- ambiguity. <laughs> yeah. So, but we but there's also we we just been having a lot of fun and joking around. We're like I said, we're trying to figure out the big thing in this, the next big boss type of deal, and it seems to be some kind of god type thing because people just get reincarnated into this area and just serve it. <laughs> it's it's weird. <laughs> Diesel, did you play this week or were you off this week? Nope, nope. We are on our bi-weekly schedule now, so we will be playing uh, this week. Oh, okay, nice. Did you have any uh, fun playing times? I know you played a little bit of Modern on Friday night. I, I uh, played Modern uh, Friday night. Good time. Went two and one, playing the Arc Lake Phoenix deck. Um, that's where I'll be this weekend. We're going to the Modern Free 4K down in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, so you decided to go to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So a bunch of us are going down there. I'm only going for the smorgasbord on the following day. 
Ah, nice. so you stay in the night? Yeah, we're staying the night down there. And then the next day, we're going to hit up a smorgasbord and head on back. The Amish country, the rustic Pennsylvania Dutch buffets. Nice. Uh, they are they them. open? Yeah. Are you, I just, I just yeah. Saying, and sure, we double checked that sure. they were open on Sundays. Yeah, I was going to say, make sure all the way around because yeah. that could be a waste. Yeah. Uh, my my week was uh, the I mean, of course, we we all three of us went to see what is Diesel's movie club pick this week, which we'll be talking about as our review in the final segment. And of course, that is uh, last night in Soho. We did that on Thursday, Friday. I went to see uh, on a separate note. We are not reviewing it though, but I went to see with Ken M from the ODPH. We went to see My Hero Academia World's Heroes Mission. Uh, very good. I, I I enjoyed a lot. There was a little bog down in the middle, but they had an epic final fight battle. Uh, it was like three battles happening at once, so it was insane. Nice. Yeah. Uh, some new ultras, even better. Nice. Uh, so I, I and then of course on Saturday I watched the kid play football, and then I came home and literally laid on my couch and binge watched My Hero Academia season one. That's right. I had not watched My Hero Academia <laughs> before going to see the third movie. I get it. But I'm a huge fan now, and uh, uh, our patrons got to hear that because I played uh, the uh, theme song from uh, <laughs> the first season of uh, My Hero Academia. So, very exciting times. We had a we had a good time though. So uh, overall, very relaxing weekend. Getting back in the full of things. Got a lot of stuff coming up this week, which uh, we're gonna throw out in the plugs here in a second. Uh, you know what? You know what, Diesel? Let's start the plugs. Why not? If you need to talk about anything or just want to give us a say, hey, you hit us up on the social media. Make sure you're following us on social media, especially. You can do that over 3 Fat Nerds Podcast over on Facebook. Like and share the page. We're 3 Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you're following us on all of those. Use that hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. Of course, for all information and all links and everything, go to 8122productions.com. That includes the link over there to our Public store so you can buy some merch to support the show. Also, the Twitch channel, Twitch tv slash six or seven podcast and of course the patreon link as well because for as little as one dollar a month you can help support the show and get a ton of extra bonus content at patreon.com slash eight one two two productions all of that and more is over that at eight one two two productions.com even more importantly that than that diesel you can find those linked right in the liner notes of this show below so before we get into this week's news I had I do have announcements. Woohoo! Because we got a lot coming up specifically on twitch.tv slash six oh seven podcast. Uh, first of all, let's uh, talk about uh, of course every Monday night, eight PM Eastern Standard Time. We have 607TWS, myself and Ken M talking all things pro wrestling. We did lay down a gauntlet to people that uh, if they want the, us to continue streaming that on Mondays, uh, we're giving it to the new year, trying to give uh, some more. Uh, everything else has grown about the show. Literally, our downloads and streams are super high on the wrestling show, uh, which is leading to a big announcement this week. But it's like, uh, you know, I wouldn't be up against the fence going at 8 p.m. Uh, if I didn't have to stream. So we're kind of being like, hey, if you guys want us to still stream it, you know, get the numbers up there so that way it, it makes it worth it streaming it. That doesn't mean Twitch is going away. I'm just saying, throwing that challenge out there. So if you were ever on the fence about tuning in, checking out, and joining the chat for 607TWS, the call to arms is now because it's got a couple months before we're making that decision. Because if it's not growing as fast as the podcast version, we're just going to podcast. 
Right. Makes more sense. <laughs> which, yeah. which is, I think it's fair. Also, being fair, we will still be doing all wrestling pay-per-views and still be doing all UFC pay-per-views going forward. So don't worry about that. And speaking of which, this upcoming Saturday, November 6th, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have to start a little late, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Uh, it will. We will be calling the UFC event, of course, that is Usman versus Covington 2. And as Diesel said, there will be a death. In this cage <laughs> this Saturday, and I'm excited to call it. That's going to be our return to calling UFC, but we will do be doing that going forward. Uh, the reason why we're starting at not at 8 p.m. when the prelims start is because we're going to excite wrestling this Saturday, which starts at 6. So it gives us enough time to leave there, hopefully grab something to eat, or we're going to grab something before, hopefully, whatever. So that way we can get over here and start at 9. So uh, oh, nice. So we have a lot going on on Saturday, and we'll be reporting about that, of course, on 607 TWS is, and more. Is Shankar on the card? Yes, he is. Nice. He's in one of the main... He's in, nice. actually, I think, in the main event of the evening, you would think, because he's taking on, always ready, Matt Cardona. Nice. One of the hottest names. Well, he just came back from his little trip. That's right. He was no, dressed cool. up as Effie. Did you see that, Diesel, by the way? <laughs> uh, Cardona? For, 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 for uh, Halloween, he dressed up as Effie. Uh, so... Nice. Uh, Daddy was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he retweeted it. It was kind of, kind of funny. But anyways, I digress. You can listen to more wrestling on 607 yeah. TWS. Uh, the other announcement is uh, the following Saturday, we are doing uh, AEW Full Gear. And I do believe that'll be like a 7.30 or an 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time start. It's whenever their pre-show starts. Off the top of my head, I do not know. So keep by your eyes posted for when it starts. But that'll be the following Saturday. And then the following Saturday, we'll be back on Twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast with the 607 Podcast Movie Night. Yeah. And we're going to be trying to do these monthly again. And we are going to kick it back off with a, a movie that me and Diesel have been waiting <laughs> <laughs> patiently waiting to talk about for so long and do a watch log and if you haven't seen it this is the time join us as we talk because we're going to be watching and talking superheroes it's a documentary about real life superheroes <laughs> diesel can you wait to introduce the world to master legend first off you're selling this too short this is the greatest story ever told <laughs> and the world in particularly now needs master legend we need his guidance to get through these troubling times. Absolutely. And the day after that, by the way, we will be uh, live for Survivor Series live reactions and commentary. So I have uh, some busy weeks coming up here. Uh, we do not mind, but that's all over at twitch.tv slash podcast. Make sure you're following. Make sure you're following us on social media so you get updated when we're going live over there. But we have other news to get to uh, around the world. Uh, is there anything I'm leaving out? We're not talking about the 607 TWS stuff. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, when you hear this, uh, check out 607 TWS. There's a big announcement there i I don't believe i have any other news uh did i say anything else to you diesel no that should be everything right there yeah uh but oh what we will get a poll up Uh, we're gonna get together we're gonna mash our heads together and we're gonna pick uh the the christmas movie we should do in december Ooh. for the movie night. So we're going to get our get our get a post out there so you guys can vote. We got we'll give you four options and we'll take whichever one wins. Uh so with that being said though, uh without further ado, it's time for this week's edition of the Nerd News. That that music's catchy. I like it. Oh, yeah. I've always liked that music when we started using it. But that's not the only thing I like. We had a couple of big trailers from a couple major streaming platforms come out this week, Diesel. But I think the biggest one between the two, and I know that you're going to be up with this one, is we got the surprise surprise of of a lifetime. 
That's right, Tiger King Season 2, Diesel. <laughs> Are you excited or not about that trailer and about the return of the white trash hero, Joe Exotic? Okay. By the uh, way, I think it's PC for me to say white trash because I don't think they can get offended, correct? <laughs> well, they can get offended, but they don't have any... They, they, there's no hierarchy. Yeah, there's no hierarchy. Okay, there's no, okay. there's no uh, white trash leader. Yeah, if you have a problem with that, take that up with Ron. <laughs> or at Big Natty Cool on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I love me some white trash rats. All right. <laughs> So, Tiger King, once-in-a-lifetime phenomenon. I watched this trailer. As soon as they got the sort of choreographed jet ski scene, they have jumped the shark. Yes. I was <laughs> like, what is this? Like, uh, it'll still be a big hit because they are compelling, quote-unquote, characters. But, oh, boy, this is definitely... Um, assisted reality now. Oh, yeah. I, I want to point out that uh, one of the main characters, Carol Baskins, is not returning. Yes. They have some footage, though, because I guess they're putting a bunch of the footage that they shot for season one into season yeah. two. Uh, Netflix uh, released this uh, released this uh, snippet about what we can expect from Tiger King season two, and I quote, with Joe Exotic behind bars and Carol Baskins closing in on ownership of his disreputable disreputables do. I think they meant just despicable, but whatever. The Emmy-nominated saga continues its twisted course with Tiger King 2 as newfound revelations emerge on the motivations, backstories, and secrets of America's most notorious big cat owners. Old enemies and frenemies, including Jeff Lowe, Tim Stark, Alan Glover, and James Gerritsen, return for another season of Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Thought you knew the whole story? Just you wait. Of course, Tiger King will be debuting on November 17th. Just uh, two days uh, prior to uh, uh, Hawkeye on uh, yeah. Disney Plus, and the uh, what you call it's there, uh, uh, the, the Ghostbusters movie. I guess I guess we're gonna have to wait on Ghostbusters and Hawkeye because we gotta watch this. <laughs> we gotta break this down. Ugh. <laughs> we shan't be doing that. Uh, who am I joking? The real biggest news of the week, uh, let's be honest, is as we are going to record today, it hit Star Wars, the Book of Boba Fett, first official trailer has drizzled. Ladies and gentlemen, if you couldn't be more excited, get, get excited. Get fucking excited. We got our first look at Book of Boba Fett, which will be dropping on Disney Plus on December 29th. Uh, just right around the just right around the same time as our well two days before our good friends at Cobra Kai. Yep. So at least we don't have to binge book a Boba Fett because just like before and everything else they've done, it's one episode a week. Uh, <sighs> I, I still love. I believe it or not, I have love for that. I have love for that rod, and, and I'm going to tell you why I have love I for know, that. I, I don't have enough time to binge shit. True. And like I'm going to binge Cobra Kai because that's what I do. Yeah. And the problem is, is that that's the same day that I'll be in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hopefully. For eight for uh, GCW, and it's going to be real hard to slide it in. We are going to slide it in over the two days. <laughs> Don't worry, me and Diesel will both be there, but we are going to make it happen. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't stalk uh, Peyton List when the, the Speedy Fest was in town and she was here. Oh, I restraining orders possibly from Diesel. That's that's the only thing I can explain. I I had two people offer their children, so it wouldn't look weird if I went. <laughs> I don't know what part is creepier. <laughs> so before we go any uh, before we get too far off track, because uh, I'm super excited about Book of Boba yeah. Fett. Uh, how did you guys think about the trailer, starting with you, Ron? Uh, actually, it's exactly everything you thought it was going to start off as. It's Boba Fett and getting, you know, trying to make deals to, you know, work work his magic to take over the Hutt's <laughs> Jabba's throne, basically. And the funny part is, shit, it's a fan. 
I'm so I'm sold. Yeah, this looks really cool as a you know, the, he he's made his return. Now it's going to be the rise of him as what's say like a crime lord. Yeah, watch just take my money like Crimson Dawn with Boba Fett. I'm absolutely in. Yeah, I'm with you. That yeah. I, I was getting the same yeah. Crimson Dawn like <laughs> like like synopsis there. I I'm super big. I loved it. I loved how it looked. I mean, obviously this is the first the only the first trailer. So I mean true to the, what they do at Disney, they didn't give us too much, but they gave us the look and the feel that we have come familiar with with The Mandalorian. That's carrying over here to Book of Boba Fett. I really do enjoy that. Uh, along with the trailer, Disney Plus also revealed the new synopsis for the show, shall we? And I quote, The Book of Boba Fett, a thrilling Star Wars adventure teased in a surprise end credit sequence following the season two finale of The Mandalorian finds legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. The Book of Boba Fett stars Tamura Morrison and Ming-Na Wen, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Robert Rodriguez, Kathleen Kennedy, and Colin Wilson are the executive executive producers Karen Gilchrist and Carrie Beck serve as co-executive producers with John Bartnicki producing and John Hampion as co-producer by the way Robert Rodriguez is a fucking executive yeah. producer on the show that's pretty yeah. awesome yeah brother yeah I mean, so did you think that it would come this full circle from Attack of the Clones uh you know what if you're asking me, are you asking me recent or back then? No, back then. Like, like, like fuck that. no. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I yeah. thought I honestly thought that Star before, believe it or not, before Disney purchased Star Wars. Yeah. I thought Star Wars was kind of dead in the ground. Yeah, I really did. I, I, I agree. I'm with you. I just thought it was just one one of those questions. And then like, I was still and I was still leery after Disney bought Star Wars because you got to remember for that first year. They didn't announce anything. Yeah. Remember they had yeah. uh, they had the stormtroopers and Darth Vader march in the Christmas parade yeah. to say that they owned it, and then it was we mm-hmm. had to wait a while and before the, they started the trilogy. Darth Darth Mouse, <laughs> Darth Vader yeah, helmet with Mouse, yeah. Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> and, but you know what? They've done the Lord's work ever since. Oh, yeah. Whatever yeah. you think about the last trilogy, okay. Aside, outside of that, the and, and I, I like to I like to hit people up with this. You can't blame that completely on Disney because they had to end the Skywalker saga yes. somehow because that's what people wanted. But I got to say, the original work they have done has been the Lord's work. Yes. Because Rogue One is arguably not just the... It is the best Star Wars movie, period. Yes. And it's it, it arguably one of the best movies of all time, in my opinion. It's just, it just has everything yeah. you want. And then you also, you know, Solo was very brave of of so Disney because they could have taken the easy way out, but instead they gave the fan service and did it go out to whatever. But for fans of the series, they they love it. But these shows, these shows, whether it be continuing Attack of the Clowns, whether it be continuing Rebels, whether it be in giving them proper endings yeah. each, yeah. and and whether it be doing the Bad Batch or whether it be doing the Mandalorian, which has been phenomenal even diesel who was not sold at first has come around to the mandalorian because it's just telling a great story yeah. and it's an original story i feel like their original properties they're killing it i don't know guys no yeah. oh, i'm with you i like the i i really just just thinking back of uh, attack of the clones and everything like i didn't think it we'd get this full circle of bubble fat being back and not having to you know all that whole story arc and then like yeah i, I understand what you're saying with the, the last trilogy you, they were unfortunately Disney was backed into a corner with, with those. Films. Oh yeah, like, like, like no matter how much I talk about them and don't like them and wasn't a fan, like they they just had to do something. They just they just played the safe bet and just went okay. We're closing off the stories. 
Like, because they, there's a couple things they could have done to, to make him a lot better, I think. We, we all had these conversations already, so we're not going to name that. But, like, it's like they were kind of backed into a corner and they were just trying to say, okay, let's end this here. And since, you know, it's a trilogy, trilogy, we have to end it in a trilogy, we'll do it. it made its money, it happened. So what? Now they're just moving on to better things. Easily, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, it just comes and shows us how great a mind Dave Filoni is for the oh. Star Wars universe. We all just need to be, like, in praising of Dave Filoni and John Favreau right now. Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, not so much, but Filoni and Favreau, fuck yeah. Give her credit. She's left over from the old guard, but Favreau <laughs> and Filoni are killing it. And, yeah. and the fact that they added Robert Rodriguez was intriguing to me, and I'm like, you know, that's that's amazing in its own. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to something else, Disney, I want to point out that if it wasn't for The Mandalorian, we would have never gotten the Gondalorian. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. Snoop Dogg's uh, cosplay <laughs> Halloween costume, Laker colored Mandalorian gear, and he called himself the Gondalorian. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. If it. So if we didn't have the Mandalorian, we wouldn't have that. And I think the world needs that. Well, we're going to go from good news for Disney because obviously I think that everybody can agree that uh, the Book of Boba Fett trailer and announcements are always great. We're waiting for it on bated breath. But uh, there's a movie that will be next week's Diesel's Movie Club pick. It'll be the movie we review, and it'll also be the movie we go see on Thursday. Uh, it, it's not getting as good of uh, favorable because, uh, of course, we're talking about The Eternals. Uh, the Eternals has the dubious distinction of being the lowest rated critic score since Thor The Dark World. <laughs> and it surpassed it. So when this article that we first got was, you're going to read it? Eternals initially had a critic choice of 73% in the review. Rotten Tomatoes wedging it between Avengers Age of Ultron to, uh, and Iron Man 2. That position was since slipped at that time of writing. Eternals dropped to 63%. Below Thor The Dark World, 66%, making it the worst reviewed MCU, MCU uh, movie ever. Now, mind you, this article was written or was posted four days ago on uh, comicbook.com. Since then, it has dropped down to 60, and I think that it's hovering at almost 59 currently. So it keeps, the more the more reviewers that review it, the worse this movie is getting. We are going to be reviewing it next week. We are going to be seeing it on Thursday. We were already kind of leery of this film. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, I can announce officially, because I just checked it up, it is a, a splat at 59% officially on Rotten Tomatoes currently. <laughs> As of recording this, and I'll give you the time. Monday night, 6.18 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. It is officially at 59%. We got ourselves a splat, people. Woo-hoo. The first MCU splat, the worst reviewed MCU movie of all time. You knew it had to eventually happen. We were never high on this movie. Uh, Diesel, uh, I don't even know where to go. So what, what do you have to say about all this news? Just everything about this movie just does not look good. And like just seeing the numbers, how they've crept through the past week now really shows you the power of paid reviews and then once more more people start seeing them that that paid review starts to lose its worth yeah because you, how do you start out at what 73 74 percent and drop down to 59 over the course of a week yeah four days, oh. four days. Well, well think about it because when they wrote the article they reamended it four days ago yeah. when they wrote it because they were like well when we first started writing it was 73 percent by the time we went here it dropped 10 percent points and now it's down even in, in four days it dropped another four percent so it had just dropped under thor dark world at 66 to 63 and now it is at 59 percent with an all-time low and the first ever splat in the mcu 
Dude, if going in knowing that it might be the worst MCU movie, that might give me hope. Not that the bar is lowered, but just so I can watch Marvel fail. And I'll, yeah. I'll be happy with that. Like, I'll be entertained with watching a bad movie. Because the last couple movies that we saw from the MCU, we had very low expectations. We were pleasantly surprised. True. I think it's going to be the inverse of that with we have low expectations and it's still not going to meet that. And I'm, I, I think we need that. We, we need Marvel to have a stutter step and to go back to fixing things now. Oh, I can see that happening, Ron. No, I, I can I can see it. Like, I don't know if they really anticipated this to be like as good as anything else they had. I think it's just a stepping stone that they needed to do for whatever reason. They feel like they needed to make these characters to help. Inclusivity. No, I, I get you. Um, it could be that. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't have an issue with that either. Uh, it could just be that stepping stone that they that they want to do to, to push things together. I could just hope this is like one of those movies that just is meant to like bring everything together. See, I'm going to disagree because with the actions of what's happened in the Disney Plus series, you know, Loki, everything's getting torn apart. And that's going to continue in uh, uh, Spider-Man and in the new Doctor Strange movie. True. It's not, I don't think this is a stepping stone. This is the... I, I don't know. I think this is an unnecessary piece when everything's sort of floating yeah. out there and we kind of want to embrace the chaos right now of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just want to say, it's my same take I've had since this movie was announced. They have finally out-MCU'd themselves. They went, okay, we have taken something that was relatively bad in the comics and hit a home run with it with Guardians of the Galaxy. We did it with Ant-Man. We did it with a whole other bunch of characters nobody gave a shit about. So they, I really feel like they felt like they could literally shit in a box and hand it out and everybody would eat it. And I feel like this is one of those times where it's like, eh, not so much. Yeah. I mean, they hired a more than capable director, an Academy Award winning director, and they gave them the biggest all-star cast of all time. And I think that they went away from what makes an MCU movie. Because think about it. What, what made the MCU movies was gambling on young directors, young writers, and... And, and not so famous people because yeah. we have to remember they're all mega stars now but when we started the mcu robert downey jr was on his comeback tour and uh we won't dive too far yeah. into that but let's just say if you ever need to find out how to get out of trouble when you wake up in the wrong house <laughs> he's the guy to call and then you know on top of that chris evans i mean he had done some things don't get me wrong but he wasn't the mega star that he is now even 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 star lord himself chris pratt was not a megastar. He was mostly known for being the fat guy on, on Parks and Rec. Yes. Like, in shape, remember, because remember when he became Star-Lord, we were like, is in shape Chris Pratt even good? Because nobody knew. Yeah. And Dave Batista, he had only done a handful of movies. He didn't even do his good roles at that point. So there's a lot of question marks. So it was a lot of, young. Yeah, and Chris Hemsworth, Think about how bad this is. Chris Hemsworth, even though Cabin in the Woods was amazing, they pushed yeah. that movie back because there was no star power into it. The only reason it came out, and it was a good horror movie, was because Chris Hemsworth did so well as Thor. Yeah. yeah. So they could go, go off of that. So it's it's a lot of weird things that we don't always remember now because we were inundated with these guys becoming megastars. Megastars. And the, and the same with the directors. Like the Russo brothers, they made movies, but they didn't make movies to the level of Endgame. No. Yeah, no, until be, they were until they were with Marvel. Yeah, before that they were like mostly commercial and TV directors. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that this was one of those times where they went, okay, we can do whatever we want. Now we're going to cast this big cast, and we're going to cast this this amazing amazing director. And I'm not taking anything away from her; she's an amazing director. But 
it, it does. It's not. It's not the formula that made you that you came to the dance with. Do you remember the last time they got an Academy Award-winning director to do a comic book movie? No, Eric Bana, The Incredible Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Lee. Lee. <laughs> and, and guess what? That one was also a stinker. So I just that, that's my first thing. So I think that they just really thought that they could do whatever they want. The other thing is that let's look at the trailer. And, and and I I look at Diesel in the movie there. And he confirmed this, and I go, "Is it bad that the only part of this movie I'm excited from from the trailer is the Bollywood dance sequence?" And I mean that. I'm not even joking. I'm actually excited for that. But that shouldn't be my takeaway from a trailer. And then is it bad that Diesel, who doesn't read comic books, looks at me and goes, "Wait a minute, isn't Thanos a deviant?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, he is." Yeah, because they put it into the trailer that. You know, unless it's a deviant, we can't try to stop them. I'm just like, I even I know that Thanos is a fucking deviant. So why yeah. didn't they try to? Nah, uh, fucking yeah. sucks. So that just shows you why I, I, all those reasons and more are why I'm not excited for it. Once again, next we will be going to see it this Thursday as of we're recording, and next week on this show, it will be the Eternals time, and we will uh, be reviewing it. And uh, from what I'm seeing so far, and from some people, and once again, I don't read spoilerful ones. I've only read the non-spoiler ones because I don't want it spoiled for me. For something that I've been reading for a couple of the uh, critics that I, I usually have a similar take to, because that's always a good thing to do. I will say that. If you ever wanted to know an opinion, if you want to look at a critic, go find somebody who has a similar taste to you and, and check out what their review of the movie is, and that'll usually tell you how you're going to feel about the movie. You might be a little off because maybe something hits you differently, but it's usually going to work out. And all of those critics and spoiler-free ones were like, this ain't the one. This ain't the one. We're all gearing up for fucking Multiverse of Madness, and we get this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this was one of those ones that they should have just said, eh, we're going to throw it out for free on Disney+. Plus. And take our losses <laughs> and oh. move on because they're going to get their lumps from this one. This is going to win some Razzies, I think. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, out there. I'm hoping that like if it's as bad as like the critics are giving it and the low expectations that the box office reflects that. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Well, we have one more, one more bit of news. Well, oh, no, two more bits of news. Sorry, I, I misspoke there. Uh, we have. A update. Remember, a couple weeks ago, we told the world, and mind you, this is the day after Halloween we're recording, but we found out today some casting news for Hocus Pocus 2, which will be arriving in the fall of 2022. I'm assuming Disney Plus is smart and will put it out in October of 2022. Yeah. Don't worry, but it just says fall currently. Of course, when we talked before, Bat Midler, uh, Sarah Michelle Parker, and uh, Sarah Najimy will be coming. Is it Sarah? I think. I Kathy Najimy. Kathy Najimy. Thank you. See, they just put their last names like assholes in this article. <laughs> will all indeed return for their film, uh, which will hit Disney Plus in fall of 2022. According to Disney Plus, Doug Jones... That Doug Jones was the shape of water, what we do in shadows. Did you know that he played Billy Butcherson in the first movie? Because he did, and he's coming back as that. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I, I didn't, I didn't I, realize I didn't, that Doug Jones was the, was the actor who played him. No. I love Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, the one kid was the guy who goes on to become, uh, what's his name, in NCIS. I think you're right, too. Yeah, I think I've, you're right. But, yeah, so remember the, the zombie kind of character, yeah. Billy Butcherson? That was that was actually Doug Jones. Oh, shit. Who is, who's an amazing character actor. Yeah. If you've never seen Doug Jones. Well, actually, we've all seen Doug Jones' work, let's be honest. Because um, also he was in the uh, Hellboy movies, too. Yep. So yeah, he's he done did. a lot of great shit. Uh, additionally, Whitney Peake. Or, who, additionally, we will have people joining the cast. Whitney Peake, Lily, Lilia Beckham, 
Beckingham, sorry, uh, Belissa Escobedo, and uh, have been cast as the three young women in present-day Salem and who incite the wrath of the three witches. Uh, Hannah Waddingham, Tony Hale, Sam Richardson, Juju Brenna, Froy Gutierrez, Taylor Page Henderson, and Nina Kitchen round out the current cast, and uh, Anne Fletcher will be directing Hocus Pocus 2 with Jen D'Angelo writing the film. Uh, the synopsis from Disney, which they did share, is it's been 29 years since someone lit the black flame candle and resurrected the 17th century sisters who were executed for practicing witchcraft, and they are looking for revenge. Now it is up to three high school students to figure out how to stop the ravenous witches from wreaking a new kind of havoc on Salem before midnight on All Hallows' Eve. If I could only read articles, we'd be better <laughs> off. But uh, how are you guys feeling about some of this casting news? Nothing big and flashy, but I don't think you need to have big and flashy after everybody's returning. Yeah, everyone's returning. Um, white women are going to love this. This is visual representation of pumpkin spice. <laughs> um, I am not as excited. Like, I'm glad people are going to be happy that they get to get their Hocus Pocus 2, but I've seen the first one as a kid. Eh, eh. Anything that tries to make Sarah Jessica Parker be the sex object or the sexy one of the three, uh, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's cool that they got you know all, all everyone back though. I'm, I'm happy for the fans. Of this, yeah. So, but basically saying if you, right now if you think about the audience to this film, it would be a bunch of people dressed like Han Solo, a bunch of white women dressed as Han Solo. Yeah, a bunch of Karen. Because it is, it is it is Han Solo weather. Yeah. Currently. Oh, it is definitely. Yeah. How, how does how does that work for you on the needle scale? Talking to Doctor Derek briefly here. Oh, it does not work for me. The, the hugs, look no, doesn't work for you? No, not at all. I thought you would be deviant enough that that would work for you. No, no. I hate fall for my visual uh, stimulation. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got some good news to end the news section for you, Diesel. I promise. Uh, we have found out today that the McManus brothers are returning to the silver screen. As of Monday afternoon, Boondock, Boondock Saints 3 is officially in development with Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery both set to return as Connor and Murphy McManus. Troy Duffy, the creator of the franchise and helmer of the first two films, is also returning to direct the threequel. Uh, Duffy and Flannery wrote the script for the follow-up, which is expected to begin filming next May, per the reporting from Deadline. How hard did it get, Diesel? It, not at all. <laughs> I am really? done with the Boondock Saints franchise. Did, did, two, did two defeat you that bad? No, it's actually the first one. Like, I love this movie. But then you realize you're just a white asshole for loving this movie. <laughs> like, you, you, you're, you're, you're upset at the plight of the white man if you love this movie. And it's just like, yeah, no, dude, I, I'm not, I'm not digging it no more. It's it's a movie for middle aged white guys who think they can still throw down in a bar fight, but they're just gonna wind up with their broken jaw. <laughs> so this is doing for middle aged white guys what Hocus Pocus Two does for middle aged white yes. women. So it's <laughs> basically what you're saying is that they both come out in the fall. It is the fall of middle aged white people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm done with Norman Reedus. I, I I'm glad he made his millions off of Walking Dead, but he is the Kid Rock of Hollywood, like. You shouldn't be famous, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be the guy to say it. Uh, to say it. Uh, I, I'm gonna be the unpopular one at the table, and probably out there and listening. I'm not a big fan of the Boondock Saints yeah. to begin with. I thought they were they were they were cheeky comedies in my opinion. I didn't I didn't take them as anything but comedy, yeah. which I don't know if that was supposed to be or not. And the only performance I liked was in the first one. It was William Defoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's literally the only performance I liked. I mean, the funny one. The second one was funny with the toilet spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the second one I actually enjoyed Clifton Collins. I, I thought he was good, 
But yeah, once again, they were just cheeky. Yeah, I, I, I liked I liked that part of it, yeah. but I like like a comedy. It's not going to be like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And people are like, it's one of the greatest. I'm like, no. how do you figure it's a comedy? Like, I don't know where you get the seriousness from. I mean, everything about it is com- comedic beats. Yeah. I mean, even when they try to be serious, you get William Defoe and drag. Yeah. It's a bad drag, dude. But it's not even good drag. <laughs> but I love William Defoe in that movie. <laughs> yeah. We, we were, were talking, talking about, about this. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier, and we uh, with the uh, foundations of getting defoned. What is defoned, you ask? Making out with William Defoe and drag, and then getting shot in the face. <laughs> You've been defoned. Uh, I like it. I like it. I would do that. I, I like William Defoe that much. But with that being said, I'm not super excited about it. Ron, are you uh, super excited for this? Or uh, Unfortunately not. I and mean, I was a fan of, of one and two. I only like the Rocco scene. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And everybody hates me for it, but whatever. Uh, so I'm just like, I thought it was done. And after that, I don't know where you're going to go with the story. But, you know, whatever. They left it open because, remember, they were in jail and they were yeah, picking off the yeah, convicts with their finger guns. Yeah, bang, yeah. bang, what the hang, man? Yeah, I know. That's oh. why I said I don't know where they're going with it. Maybe, well, maybe they're going to be in a, in the the prison with a serial killer and like a symbiote's going to come out and they're going to give us another crappy fucking movie. No, Amanda Waller's going to walk out and be like, to put him to the Suicide Squad and they're going to go die. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. When we get the release date of the movie, if there's nothing else out, oh, we might actually review oh, this, bitch. This is 100% we're seeing this well, in theaters. I, I, I mean, I, we will probably see it regardless, but the review always comes down to if it comes out on the on a dead week or a week where there's something else coming out. Oh, they ain't putting this against any blockbusters. <laughs> but you never know. They might be dumb. No. Yeah, they are the fucking there's, irish listen I, I just i just <laughs> listen listen man really dude good lord wait a minute <laughs> had your kids had your wife and had your husband because they raped anybody out here oh there's gonna be the a lot thing. of pissed off people with uh shamrocks in their goddamn twitter profile today <laughs> the worst part about it is he's half yeah, irish. irish i know that's <laughs> Like, the worst part about his hate there is he's half Irish. That's just like when he talks shit about the Mexicans. I'm like, you're a Mexican, man. I'm a Mexican, not a Mexican. <laughs> you fucking weirdo, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, without that heat, uh, <laughs> that's a good time to take a break because that's what we're going to do next. Uh, we're going to take this break in here about one of our awesome podcasting friends. And when we come back... When we come back from this break, it'll be time for Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. We got the box office. We got upcoming films. We have the top three. And most importantly, we have Diesel's Movie Club pick. And of course, this week, we will be reviewing Last Night in Soho. All of that when we come back from this break. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich, Ron, and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod. Hit the subscribe button, give us a rating and a review, and check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. I smile. I'd rather make you laugh than cry. It's been a while. I don't take care of myself. I'm in denial. If I can't be so strong for everybody else, then I can't be strong for myself. Welcome back to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Coming in at number five this week, Venom, Let There Be Carnage with $5.8 million. My Hero Academia, World Heroes Mission, comes in at number four with $6.4 million. Whoop, whoop. 
Number three this week, No Time to Die with $7.8 million. Bringing in $8.5 more million, Halloween Kills. And then number one, Dune Part 1, $15.5 million. Dune was good. Dune, Dune was really good. What do we got upcoming, Diesel? Upcoming, we have... Ooh, let me pull that up because I have that all set up, too. It's easy. There's one There's one movie that's coming out this week that'll make the money, unfortunately, and that's The Eternals. Yes. The and Eternals. We will, and we will be reviewing it next week on Diesel's Movie Club, just so you guys know. Yep. And then the following week, I kind of want to check out that Belfast movie that we saw a trailer for. It looks pretty interesting. That, that yeah. does look pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I want to see that, too. And then uh, Apex, Belfast, and Night Raiders comes out the following week. And yeah, this week, we have The Eternals. There you go. And next <laughs> week, we will be reviewing it. There you go. All right. Uh, with that being said, Diesel, is time for this week's top three. This week's top three because Regal had to get rid of our goddamn blue raspberry ices. Your top three discontinued drinks that you miss. Of all time. This does not oh. have to be theaters. Nope. Nope. Just so we're pointing it out nope. because. Alcoholic. Fucking. Everything. Anything. I'm going to go all non-alcoholic. Yes, so am I. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, uh, number three, Snapple Rain. Oh, the Snapple elements. That's oh, right. Those are but so I, good. I pre- preferably Snapple Ray. Yep. Now, it does go into alcohol because if you mix that with Bacardi Limon, you can't taste the Bacardi Limon. It's delicious. It's that agave cactus, I tell you. Uh, number two. You know what? The original formula, Jolt Cola. Because oh. what kid did not like Jolt Cola when her parents told us we couldn't have Jolt because it was too much caffeine? Because remember, it had 10 times the caffeine of a normal soda. And uh, so it was probably the first energy drink, if you really yeah. think about it. It was delicious. And I go. And then my number one, and there's a soft place in my heart, and they brought it back around the time that I got married because me and Diesel were sipping on these motherfuckers the year I got married. So that was the year 2016. And then, of course, Crystal Clear Pepsi. It's not the greatest tasting, but you know what? It's not horrible either, but the gimmick works like a motherfucker. I remember when I was a kid when it came out, and we had the Van Halen right now ad campaign, and then you know what? They brought it back five years ago, because I've been married for five years, and me and Diesel, as much as we could, drank as many of them motherfuckers as possible, so that's my number one. Ronald. Number three is Jolt. You gotta have put Jolt in there. Uh, Number two is uh, Ecto Cooler. Ooh, yeah. That was my favorite high C. And then number one, you hit the nail on the head, Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm not one for dark sodas. So, like, Crystal Pepsi to me was actually really good. It was a cola yeah. that, that, that yeah. tricked you into thinking you were drinking Sprite. Yeah. No, I, I actually enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> All right. Number three for me actually is based off the movie theater. When this used to be a Hoyt's, not a Regal. Where you could get a goddamn gallon-sized cup of Surge. Oh, jeez. You love Surge, oh, I too. love Surge. <laughs> you take that piddly Mountain Dew. No, 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 no. This is concentrated Mountain Dew. This is Surge. <laughs> uh, number two, Pepsi Blue. Oh, I blue love, raspberry Pepsi. Yeah, I love Pepsi Blue. I never it, tried it. And it was gone in a blink of an eye. Yeah, I was here and gone. Here yeah. today, gone yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> and then number one as well, Crystal <laughs> Pepsi <laughs> for the three-peat. <laughs> oh, I really didn't think you guys were going to pick Crystal Pepsi. Oh, no. I like, real, Crystal Pepsi was like the whole reason. <laughs> the holy yeah. grail, baby. Dude, when that was came a, back, it was uh, amazing. When it came back, though, it would mind fuck you because you just like, you get these like peppery notes to it and you're just like... No, this is clear. It should be like your mind's thinking water or yeah, Sprite, yeah. and you're just like getting yeah, peppery, like deep flavors and you know, spicy Love flavors it. and yes. just pure, clear crystal Pepsi glory. <laughs> Love it, baby. 
Well, it is time now for Diesel Movie Club. And, of course, Diesel Movie Club this week is... Last Night in Soho, which unfortunately did not make the top five. It came in at number six with $4.8 million. Yes, unfortunately. And I'm going to say unfortunately, uh, before we get into Spoiler Zone, uh, we are going to give you kind of the rundown of the synopsis and stuff, like spoiler free, and also give you the yay or nay uh, recommendation. And then we're going to go into our spoiler full, which we'll give you the warning for, uh, review and our real score. So... There you go. So uh, let's real quick talk about this. It was released on the 4th of September 2021 in Venice, and it was released in the United Kingdom and here in the States on uh, October 29th, 2021. Uh, it's got a runtime of 116 minutes. It's distributed by Universal Pictures International and Focus Features in North America. Uh, it is uh, written by Edgar Wright. Uh, with a uh, little help from Christy Wilson Carnes, and it was also directed by Edgar Wright, produced by Nira Park, Tim Biven, Eric Fellner, and er Edgar Wright. The cinematography was by Chan Hoon Chung, uh, edited by Paul Maclis, uh, music by Stephen Price, and it stars uh, Tomasin McKenzie, Anna Taylor Joy, Matt Smith, Michael Ajo, <laughs> Terrence Stamp, Diana Rigg. So we had uh, quite the British cast. It's a British movie. Yeah. Yeah. No surprises there. Uh, by the way, Anna Teller Joy, very, very beautiful young woman. Very beautiful young woman. I, I, was, I was digging the other girl. Oh, oh, oh the, yeah, the main oh. character? Yeah, I was loving her. Yes, yes. That, that, that is played by Tomasin McKenzie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Smith, though, as a villain. Well, oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, pretty damn good. Because people were like, you know, Matt Smith is usually not good in things that aren't Doctor Who related. Because that's true. He's he's had yeah, a rough he's had a rough one, yeah. but he was actually good in this film. I yeah. got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, uh, we are just going to give you the yay or nay. Of course, uh, the synopsis for the film is simple. It is a uh, young woman who uh, wants to become a fashionista. Uh, she goes to London, gets accepted to the London School of uh, uh, Fashion. Yeah. And she uh, well, there she we find out she has a little bit of a. a, a Sixth Sense, if you will. And that comes to play out throughout the movie. Uh, with that being said, that's all we're going to give for spoiler free. Uh, would you recommend this movie? It's just a yes or no. Uh, just so that way, if anybody who hasn't seen it, are we recommending you see it? So, first off, Diesel, yes or no? Do you recommend this film? Highly yes. Go see this movie. Tell your friends to see this movie. It's great. Ron. Oh, yeah. You, you got to see this movie. The twist is great. Uh, like You got to see this. And I'm agreeing with both of these guys. It is a good story. It's great cinematography. The twist is amazing. Both see this movie. That is the spoiler free. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do need to get a drop for this. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be entering the spoiler zone in three. Oh, well, by the way, before I do that, if you haven't <laughs> seen this movie, this is where you bail the fuck out unless you don't care about spoilers. If you have seen this movie, stay around. Uh, if you haven't, go see the movie because we just recommended it to you and come back and definitely hear our thoughts. So, spoiler zone. Three, two, one. We are in the spoiler zone, so we can talk spoilers. Uh, Holy shit. <laughs> dude, this movie. First of all, I, I'm going to start off because we're just going to do you know, the good, the bad, and the rating. Uh, how we do. We're not going to go piece through piece through this movie because I think that's unfair as well. Uh, so let's start with good. I'll start this time, and we'll go in reverse order because I think this is one of those movies where there's going to be a lot more good than bad. Uh, this movie has a great story. Like I did think I liked the story quite a bit. 
Uh, also, the cinematography in this movie. The, the use of camera, the use of colors, lots of reds, lots of blues. I dug that from the technical standpoint. And the atmosphere of this movie with the score and soundtrack was yeah. phenomenal. I, don't, I, don't, I, I think this is one of the best ones I've seen as far as all those go. Let's dive in kind of the movies and what I liked in the movie. I like the fact that the trailer led you to believe this was something. Uh, we were all like, oh, this looks interesting from the trailer. But the trailer does not touch upon how fucked up this movie oh, truly yeah. is. And it is good. Well, like the first trailer, I'm like, okay, I'm interested. I want to see this. I'm all in. Then you got the second trailer. You're like, oh, so this is how we're going to go with this movie. Gotcha. I'm still in. And then you watch the movie and went, oh, shit. That's not how it was going to go. Yeah. So... During this movie and following the young girl and seeing her premonitions. So I don't know what to call them other than premonitions, even though they're from the past. Because first of all, she sees we, we when we get introduced to her, we she sees her dead mother. Like she always sees her dead mom who, you know, she, kind of leads her through to life. the kid from the sixth sense. Pretty much. But think about it. she 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 looks at like she sees her and kind of leads her through life a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then she goes to London. She gets there and she's around, you know, some asshole students so hurricane jocasta jocasta baby <laughs> and then from there she moves out of the dorms because of this moves into an apartment and that's where the weird shit starts to begin she starts to embody well go alongside and have premonitions or viewings of a of a wannabe lounge singer yep. sandy in 1960s london and uh, we get introduced to the landlady who she has at this house, and she has some really specific rules. No boys after 8 p.m., no loud parties, and no smoking. Yep. That is her, her rules of the house. So as we as we go through the movie, you are seeing this. We keep going back to the Sandy character and uh, what's going on with her. And we find out that through her dreams, she meets a real shady guy, played by Matt Smith. And that guy is now pimping her out and everything else. It gets fucking wild, man. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, they start out with this, like, oh, he can manage her, get her a gig at this place. He gets her her audition. Everything's going great. She's kind of falling for him. And then it's all, uh, hey, yeah, forced prostitution. Kind of out of left field on that one. And okay, I was in. <laughs> um, But, yeah, yeah. and No, because that one scene where she's like, I'm with the Jack, and he's like, uh, Jack doesn't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> oh, he did you dirty, girl. Putting it together. But then it gets really kind of weird because there's this guy who has been showing up, this older gentleman. And she's pretty sure that this older gentleman's Jack. And we're getting towards the climax of the film. She actually approaches the guy, says, you know, I know who you are. I knew what you did to her. And their argument leads to him getting fucking creamed by a car. This is after she almost stabbed another student with scissors because her visions are so vivid. And so this is how the, the movie just decimates into like this fucking madness. Just fucking madness. Yeah. And it's good. It's like it's not out of control. It's actually really good. And you find out that that wasn't Jack. He was the police officer who tried to like kind of half save her at one point in Juncture. Yeah. So let's go to the twist because we, we can all agree everything I just said was good because the plots, that and the twist, and this is what really makes this movie, in my opinion, is this fucking twist, man. We go back. She's like, okay, I need to go home. Uh, she met this young, nice man, John. John and, was awesome. And John was awesome. And it's way too good for her because yes. she, she she freaked out on him a lot, and he still was patient with her. So kudos to John. He was playing the long game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she goes back to her apartment. She's going to talk to the landlady and see if she can get some of her money back. And then she's going to go home to the countryside because she's a farm girl. 
And John, at first she was like, yeah, I need to get money for a train. And John's like, well, I could just drive you. I have a car. <laughs> but she was like, you have a car? He's like, what, do you think I come from North North London to South London and I don't have a car? This is kind of a fucking weird uh, scenario, but whatever. So she goes and meets the landlady. And this is when I start piecing shit together. This is how good the movie is. And I don't care who you are. If you did not see this, there's no way you can be like, I saw this coming from a mile away. Because this whole movie... We're believed that Sandy gets murdered. We see it in a in a in a in a flashback by the Matt Smith character. We see all these, you know, images of the men that did whatever they did to her. So we come into the house and the first sign that things are wrong is we notice that the male and I, I caught it, you don't catch it unless no. you're looking, is is addressed to Alexandria, which we found out that Sandy somewhere in the premonitions was also known as Alexandria or Alex. Yeah. Yes. Well, the landlady is listening to records and smoking, and she's like, oh, well, when you were talking, and she was like, you know, whatever, and all of a sudden, she drops a bombshell. Oh, you know, she, Sandy did die up there. She died a, a, a hundred times, but she lived, and she's sitting here now with you. The old lady, the landlady is Sandy. Yep. yep. So she's like, what the fuck? And we're all like, what the fuck? You know, like, like so she's not dead? She was like, yeah, you know, he did. There was that night he attacked me. And uh, she was like, I got the knife, and I stabbed that son of a bitch. And it shows her hand, which still has a scar from yeah. that. Oh. And she's like, I stabbed him a hundred times, and that is his blood leaked all over me. I, I, had, I was never more satisfied in my life. And you're like, what the fuck? And she's like, and yeah, all those men, I put their faces out. And every one of them, I got rid of. And they start showing flashbacks of her just murdering. She's a fucking serial killer. <laughs> Sandy, this lady who you thought was being taken advantage of, she was at first, but she strikes back and becomes a serial killer. And you, you start remembering that when, when the young girl was in the uh, library looking up to try to find Sandy's last name, she starts seeing all these men that are missing. Business owner, business yeah. owner, father of two, over years, yeah. years, and now you're putting it together. Sandy murdered them all, and she even says it. She's like, "Yeah, they all thought that they were missing." You're like, "Holy shit!" And she was burying them in the thing, which gave you the throwback. Diesel, what does she say when she first moves in? So when the the one character does ask about moving into that house, she goes, "Do you like uh, garlic?" And she's like, "That's an eyeball." Well, there's a French bistro down the street. You know, all you smell is that goddamn garlic. Then she's talking about, you know, the heat in the apartment. She's like, eh. But it comes in the summertime. The stench is unbearable. What you're led to believe is the garlic in the French bistro. Not that the buried bodies of a hundred Johns are in the floorboards, in the walls, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking <laughs> the crazy. The stench is unbearable. Oh. So then after the big reveal, you get... Uh, you, you get the uh, starting to go into the end. The, she, she now tells her that she's not going anywhere because she's drugged her. But meanwhile, John tries to come in because she says, if I'm not back in 15 minutes, come and get me. And she's like, oh, son of a bitch. Now I'm going to have to kill him. Now, mind you, earlier in the movie when they <laughs> caught her in the room, she was like, he's lucky I didn't get my knife and stab him. Now we know that that's what she does. <laughs> so she takes the knife. She goes to the door. Uh, Ellie tries to, you know, get, help out and warn him. And she stabs him in the gut. But during the commotion, uh, Ashtray with a lit cigar gets knocked in with the, the albums and the house lights on fire. So now she's chasing her up the stairs. She's still having these premonitions because the ghosts of the house, the ghosts of the men that she's murdered, are telling Ellie to kill her. Oh, yeah. Like they become the, the ghosts, the ghouls, or whatever you want to call them, were faceless, but now you start to see the faces to them. And 
for whatever, and this was one of the, the negatives, I think, for the movie. Like, she's going for the phone, which can only make emergency calls, and, you know, the ghouls are, like, pulling her down to the bed, and then the one stands there, you know, says, help, as he's handing her the phone, kind of, but the phone never comes into play. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was, that was kind of weird, but... And then the weird ending, yeah. Let's we'll, we'll go into negatives, because the weird ending is, when, when, when Sandy gets up there... She fucking is standing in the doorway and she's going to like, she was like, all of a sudden she has this change of heart. Like the boy is downstairs on the ground. Go help him get out of here. Yeah. The house is burning down. <laughs> and she's like, I won't leave you. And it's just like, what the fuck is yeah. going on here? <laughs> and so the news flash, she does, she goes, she says, ends up saving the day with John. The paramedics come, blah, 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 blah. And Sandy burns up in the bedroom with presumably the hundreds of bodies that she has in this fucking house. <laughs> Yes, pretty much. Straight up baller. <laughs> and then we get the little end cap that uh, Ellie goes back to school. She wins uh, an award for being uh, first year fashion competition or, or yeah, fashion yeah. week or whatever for her stylistic bringing it back to the 60s. And then mom and John are there to cheer, or grandma, sorry, and John are there to cheer on. The and girl also was mom, And also mom, his mom's in the mirror. And then before we go, we see young Sandy in the mirror and she does a little tap on the mirror. Yeah, they, they do the finger tap because they are connected still. And I, I got, after thinking about it, because it kind of bothered me at first, but I kind of liked it after I thought about it because that was they were connected like because one of my favorite parts of this movie too was like when she first moves to that apartment and she first has that first night dream and she loves it yeah like it was like a drug to her so as the movie continues she's can't wait to go home go to sleep so she can you know continue the story it it was a very drug induced scenario for her like she was like that's what she wanted until things got bad then she was terrified to go home terrified to sleep yeah another callback that we missed after getting out of the theater uh the ellie character goes to work for a bar and uh the scene where she's talking with the owner of the bar about you know do you believe in ghosts no i don't believe in ghosts and then she's like but you know this building has all the memories. You could just get drunk off the memories of this room. Yes. So this is why, like, because you're kind of like, well, why is she even having these premonitions? Because she's in this room where all the spirits are still there making her see this stuff. Like, all of Sandy's horrors, all the men's horrors. It was really, it was a nice callback, too, that I thought about later. Yeah, I mean, there's not many negatives, in my opinion, in this movie. I mean, my only negative is they it was an hour and 56 minutes long. Yeah. They could have actually shaved probably like 15 minutes off, yeah. some in the beginning, some at the end. Because I, I don't, well, when we get to my review, you'll see what it matters. But I, I told you guys that it didn't hurt my, like the end piece that they tack on after the reveal didn't really hurt much because I compared it to like, it's like having sex, you nutted, and then you rolled <laughs> over and you didn't give a fuck about anything else. And that's how I was to me because that post the reveal where I sat up in my chair and went, oh fuck, she's a serial killer. It was amazing. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. Uh, after that, I didn't care what happened. It's that post nut reveal and you don't care that Sandy's back there with that <laughs> knife. <laughs> but uh, do you guys have any more negatives or positives you would like to go before we go into the review? Just going to attack on to the positives. Like, it was an amazingly shot film. Edgar Wright is a goddamn genius when it comes to the use of music in yes. movies. He, like, this is a uh, director of Baby Driver as well. Like, he is a visionary when it comes to this. Uh, just a great movie, great aesthetic, great look. I'm really disappointed that it didn't even crack the top five this week in the. Uh, so uh, am I. So yeah, am like, I. box office. Because this was a movie that more people need to see. Ron, do you have anything to add? Yeah, no, it's just the fact that it didn't crack, crack top five. I'm really surprised. And even though we were in the small theater, like we had 
10 people in there. Yeah. yeah so, absolutely. I mean, that, uh, to me, that was great the night that we did it went and saw it. I thought for sure once people started to see it, it would, you know, pick up speed. Maybe this week it'll do it. Yeah. Um, I but, saw a lot of stuff on social media yeah. too of people that watched it that I know and they enjoyed it. I yeah. haven't seen a lot of bad reviews from yeah. our friends on uh, yeah. different podcasts and stuff. I'm going to be interested to see you guys. I know some of them are reviewing it over the week. Uh, I'm going to be interested in what they actually thought, but I have not seen any like, oh man, this was a stinker because yeah, yeah. it wasn't. It was a very good movie. Yeah. All right. Well, before we give our ratings, let's find out what everybody else gave it around. But to do so, you know what time it is. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right. It's time to play the game. Diesel's won a couple weeks in a row. Ron, can he retake the throne? No. I don't know where to go with this one because <laughs> I really liked it and I know it's going to reflect on my points. That's okay. Ready? Let's do it. So, of course, how do you play the game? It's because whoever gets closer, it's Price is Right rules. Whoever gets closer without going over, unless we need the tiebreaker uh, question, then it's the closest to it because we do not do ties on this show. So, because Ron is the challenger, he gets to go first and we're going to go IMDB out of 10 using points. What did they give last night in Soho? Uh what I want to say, what I'm going to say, because I'm going to deduct a few. I'm going to say 70, 7.2. 7.2 for Ron. Diesel. We're going even six. Again, I, this does not reflect my view. No, I know. I'm, 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 yeah, you're playing the game. Yeah, this is yeah, this is, yeah. this is this whole different. This is uh, You're guessing what other people thought. Yeah. My, yeah. But the number in my head is seven, but 6.0. Six, six what did you say? 6.0. 6.0. All right. And... Points go to Ron because it was 7.6. Ooh. Ooh. 7.6. Yeah, my, origi- my original was 8. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you would have that's what, Yeah, that's why I was like, fuck. All right, Diesel, you get to go next. Out of 100% Metacritic, critics only, obviously. What did they give last night in Soho? Critics do love them some Edgar Wright. I'm going to go an even 80. Ron. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to play it safe and go 60. Flawless victory. Ron wins. <laughs> and new. I'm not even going to. Oh, let's play the winning music. Why not? There you go. And new. It was 67%. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So just guessing for funsies because Ron already won. Uh, Ron out of 100%. Rotten Tomatoes combined score. Oh, that's got to be a 83. Diesel. 70. Diesel would have gotten the point 74%. No. And last but certainly not least, Diesel Google users out of 100%. Still early. We're going to go 79. Ron. 80. Ron would have been closer. It's 90%. (laughs) Very well-reviewed movie. Very well-reviewed movie, gentlemen. But there it is. Those are around the internet. Now it's time for our ratings. Of course, we will be rating this movie on the nerd scale. And when I give my rating, I will also do my critical scale as well. But the nerd rating is on a special scale out of entertainment. This is entertaining. It is not about necessarily the movie being good or not. We always like to use Maximum Overdrive as an example of a movie that is bad and would be scored very poorly. But it is entertaining. So on the nerd scale, it does go up. So this is only how entertaining it is, which means you might be entertained to watch it. With that being said, the nerd scale is as follows. Uh, number one is no. Uh, number two is you've been warned. Number three is take it or leave it. It's in the middle there. It's, it's you know, you can wait, you can whatever. 
Number four is just take my money. That means you should see this movie now. It's it's a good movie. And at, at number five is Certified Nerd. That means that this movie is one of the legendary movies of all time that we will put our stamp on. Uh, to give you an example, one of the few movies that has been Certified Nerd, because we are very stingy with it, was Avengers Endgame. So that's the level we're looking for. With that being said, go to Ron first. What did you give last night in Soho? I really, everybody needs to see this thing. I'm giving it a four. Four. Good, good, good score. Diesel. Yeah, not quite enough to make Certified Nerd, but it's up there with the great twists of all time for movies. It's up there with like Primal Fear and The Sixth Sense. This is a solid four. This, you you got to see this movie and enjoy it. Don't, don't watch it while you're doing something else. Watch no. this movie. And I am going to make the clean sweep here. I'm also giving it a four. This movie's great. It's got one of the greatest twists of all time. The story's good. The cinematography's good. The soundtrack is good. Uh, the The only takeaways is it does run a little long. It doesn't really bog down, but there is some unnecessary stuff. And that's, I, I'm you know, I'm being picky there, and there's some other things that I, I would change. But outside of that, this is a very good movie and a very surprising movie because I didn't expect to like this movie this much. I just thought it was going to be an interesting movie. As far as my critic review, out of 10, I give this an 8 out of 10. This movie is up there. It's not quite cracking the echelon, that 9 and above. We know I won't give it 10, but it's not quite cracking it. There's some things holding it back, but it is still a very, very good movie because 8 out of 10 is a very, very good score. So I'm almost with IMDb. I'm a little higher. IMDb had 7.6. I go with an 8. Uh, I did like this movie quite a bit and uh, for all the reasons we mentioned. So I would definitely suggest seeing this movie. Uh, if you don't want to see it in the theater, I would suggest as soon as you can see it on demand to check this out because Last Night in Soho is definitely worth it with that being said that brings us to the end of our program but you know what we got to uh, pay them bills diesel we got a shameless plug time and that means if you can hear my voice you know how to find us but do your friends know how to find us do their friends know how to find it it's simple you type three fat nerds into any search bar at any podcast provider and booyakasha that's what we come right up of course remember for everything we talk about it is the number three not the word three and of course after you search us out you might as well smash that follow or subscribe button on that podcatcher because our show will get delivered to you automatically every week because you did that we're also on Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling it these days. Just type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. It's going to be wild when they rebrand completely and we have to remember that. Just like, what it, you know how long it took me for, for Google Play Music when it became YouTube Music? Damn. Yeah. Damn, people. But with that being said, you know what's not rebranding? That's right. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. Make sure you're following us on all of those wonderful platforms. And remember, for all our social medias, use that hashtag, 3FNPod. But nerds, I saw that twist coming a mile away. Well, tell us about it. Email us, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Double shot right here. Twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Make sure you're following. We got a lot of things coming up. You know we are on there every Monday night for 607 TWS talking all things wrestling with Ken M from the ODPH. Also, uh, this upcoming Saturday, we're returning to calling uh, re live reactions and commentating on UFC fights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Usman versus Covington. The following Saturday, we'll be back right around 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for AEW Full Gear live reaction and commentary. And the following weekend, 607 Podcast presents Movie Night. That's right. The Movie Night is going to be November 20th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that, of course, will be superheroes. Here are our live takes on it. Hear us talk about it and have a great time. We cannot wait for this. It's one of the movies that we cannot wait to uh, basically give it the uh, <laughs> uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, vibe. Also, th the following day, 
November 21st. We will be live reacting and commenting on WWE Survivor Series. So make sure you're following us so you can see all that and much, much, much more over on twitch.tv slash 67 podcast. And of course, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month, you can do that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. Uh, you get a ton of extra bonus content, including this show, the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, every week. It is early, and it's the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition. You also get the Horizon 607 Podcast early, and it's the unslashed edition. And, of course, you get the two uh, exclusive to Patreon shows, I Love Movies, where we talk about movies of the past that we love. Do they stand the test of time or not? You will find out month by month. And of course, last but certainly not least, the hottest show behind a paywall, Love is Scary. You can hear the doctor talk about some perverted shit this past month. We did it on Halloween. We put it on for Halloween for you folks because we discussed what Mike C was going to be wearing for Halloween. You won't want to miss that. Me and Diesel had a lot of fun doing it. With that being said, that and, that and all more, much more for as little as $1 a month over at Patreon.com slash 8122productions. Did you say 8122productions? I sure did. So, if I was to go to Internet Explorer and type in H to the double T to the P to the colon to the double backslash to the 81 double deuce P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S dot com. First of all, it would tell you you did too much work because you didn't need to put all that in. But, <laughs> and, well, come on. Internet Explorer, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions. Find out more about the Three Fat Nerds podcast. Find out more about Horizon 607, 607TWS. You can stream all of them right from the wonderful uh, database at 8122productions.com. Also, you can find out about things that we're going to be doing because now there'll be more advertisements and stuff up because Sci-Fi Horror Fest is back on for this upcoming August. Knock on wood, it happens, and uh, we'll be talking about that uh, as it goes along. Also, I'm going to be putting up pictures and videos and such from our trip to New York Comic Con where we were as press, plus so much more, including friends of the show like the ODPH, like our friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Also, the musical guest you hear, because today, not only did you hear our good friends uh, shout at the robots who do our theme song called Fail Better, also you heard Second Suitor, and the song was called Heckfest. And also you can find out about those two bands, plus Tom Jolu, Floodlands, the Jasons from West Virginia, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, and you can find out there's links there to their Facebook pages and their Bandcamp pages, but support them on Bandcamp, Spotify, and YouTube Music, and of course, we have a section for local sponsors, and guess what? We're going to give them a shout out right now because of all the awesome things they do for us. First of all, the people who provide us with the awesome 8122 Production Studios. That's right, it's Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all of your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web at dragonmastergames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about anything going on at the shop, you know what? Follow them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. Just call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. Ronald! Two out of ten stars. Pathetic, bloated movie. I don't know how this movie won that many Oscars. Too lengthy. Story is way diverted from the originality. And why did Leo had to die? I mean, that piece of floating stuff was wide enough to carry them both. It bored me a lot. 
Two out of ten stars. <laughs> Titanic just sucked, people. That was a good pun. Uh, <laughs> it bored me a lot. Like, actually, you know what? That's why I took him, one. By the way, giving him credit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to shit on his review. <laughs> Oscar Wilde like wordplay right there. <laughs> Brother, uh, thanks for the pun. I also want to point out, man, you didn't go for the cheap flow. I've always said, you know, fuck the fact that it was built for you to put two on there, which you could have. I'm always like, he should have just thrown that bitch in and just taken that diamond and gone. This was reviewed in February just think 21, about that. 2020. He could have lived high on the hog. Oh, no, no. He would have been murdered. <laughs> he, he would have lost it in gambling debt, and then, like, he would have... Sandy yeah, would have got him. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Would have been Sandy right. would have got him. Oh, draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> that line only works so many times. I'm just throwing it out there. But with that being said, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you had a great time because we always have a great time bringing this show to you. We try to bring you the funny. We try to bring you the serious. And we also try to bring you the dick jokes. I think Del- Diesel delivered on all that. Maybe he might have even infuriated the Irish this episode. Remember, he is part of your tribe, which... I don't know what that says about your tribe, but just remember that all the time. We don't care. <laughs> Put down that bottle of proper 12 and <laughs> we'll talk. What? What? You think they can put down that bottle? Psh, they're Irish. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, hold on, hold on. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. I haven't played that in a while, so two times this episode. Uh, anyways, with that being said, though, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week at the same time, same place as we always are. Make sure that you're there as well because we have a big show coming up uh, next week because we will be reviewing Eternals. Uh, something tells me it's not going to be as high the score that I gave last night in Soho. But with that being said, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. All I have left to say, though, is take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and later, nerds! Later. Does Ron Jeremy come back for Boondock Saints 3, or is that too soon? Oh, too soon. But Titanic just sucks, people. I think that we should get a Kevin Spacey uh, <laughs> signing, too. And, and what's Bill Cosby up to these days? Just forget it Because it will manifest